Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, Jake Evans, the host of the flagship football show and a senior writer for the Rebel Walk down in Oxford, joins the pod to talk all things Vanderbilt and Ole Miss as the lane train rolls into Nashville on Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff in Nashville. You can watch it on the SEC Network. For the Rebels, they're trying to get back into the win column, get to 2-4 and four on the season. The Commodores are 0-3. We talked to Jake about the keys to victory for the Rebs. The vibe around Oxford with the lane train and the 25,000 pennies uh, debacle this past week from Lane Kiffin. So we talk about his antics on Twitter and what we can expect from Saturday afternoon's game in Nashville at Vanderbilt Stadium. we got the Rebs and the Commodores coming up this Saturday night, but we also have Jake Evans coming right up here on the Door Report. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco. That's jimmyalaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615-356-0303. That's 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style. Before we get to a preview of Vanderbilt and Ole Miss coming up this Saturday at 3 p.m. in Nashville, it's now time to listen to my co-host Will Byram speak a few words on the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in Westmead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode number 44. It is Thursday, October 29th. Welcome back. We are back and better than ever. As always, we are presented by the great folks at Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Hit up Jimmy Alaco and those folks for any hardwood flooring needs you might have. Will, we're back better than ever. We got another episode here. I'm reporting live down in Naples. You are up in Nashville, as always. We'll talk to Jake Evans from the Rebel Walk and the flagship football show. Also, we will send it down to Oxford. He will join the podcast today. 
Will, it's it's a, it's another week of Vanderbilt football. They haven't played in in the past couple weeks, uh, but uh, but the vibe is is that we got another electric offense coming to town. Yeah, it's it's good to be back. It's it feels like forever since I've sat down and and done the podcast with you, or or sat down during a game week. Um, it feels like we've gone through an entire off season, but. You yeah. know, you're in the SEC, you got Ole Miss coming in, susceptible defense um, against our inept offense. Um, their their offense is extremely high-powered, and, and you know Lane Kiffin is always going to bring a lot of unique offensive schemes and, and energy whenever whenever he comes to town, whatever team he's a part the, of. The Lane train rolls into Nashville this weekend. They got a 3 o'clock kick in Nashville, 4 o'clock Eastern time. That game is SEC Network, Will. That's, uh, yes, yeah, so that'll be on SEC mm-hmm. Network, Ole Miss is a 16 and a half point favorite. So we'll see what goes down in Nashville. Before we get to the breaking news, though, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'll give our podcast five stars and a review as well on iTunes. Will, the all-time series with Ole Miss, they lead 50 to 40 to two. And, and, we talked about it with Jake Evans. You'll hear a little bit of that conversation a little bit later in the podcast, but this, this has seemed like a little bit of a rivalry, but w- with the way Ole Miss has, has, has dominated Vanderbilt at least last season, they kind of ran through uh, the Commodores defense. What's kind of the initial expectations and, and the feel around this game as we, as we look into Ole Miss and Vandy. Yeah. So that, that all-time series is 50, 40, and two. Um, and obviously last year was not the performance the Commodores wanted at that point in the year, uh, dominated 31 to six, but the last 10, 10 games in the series have actually been split evenly five to five. Um, so this is kind of a, a rubber match of sorts. So I think Ole Miss is the tremendously more talented team. Um, I think their staff is more talented. Um, but they do have more spots to exploit than opponents Vanderbilt has had in recent weeks. So their defense is extremely susceptible, um, giving up a lot, mm. a lot, a lot of points. But then again, Vanderbilt hasn't even reached 270 total yards of offense in a game this year um, and is averaging, what, 8.6 points per game. Um, and that includes a safety the defense got. So <laughs> it, it's, it's bad against bad in Vanderbilt's offense versus Ole Miss's defense. Um, so I would kind of put that as, as a push, but uh, Ole Miss's offense is tremendously um, better than Vanderbilt's defense, and, and especially the performances we've seen in the last two weeks. I mean, this this Ole Miss team put up 48 points um, against an Alabama against an, the number one team in the country in Alabama. I know their defense is not the traditional Alabama powerhouse defense, but still 48 points. Vanderbilt hasn't reached that that point total in, in the entire season through three weeks, and hasn't even come close. Um, in combined points. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, there's there's a little bit more hope this week, possibly. Um, I don't want to sound optimistic a, because I'm not, but there is a glimmer, a, a shining gold star of hope, possibly, <laughs> that coming off that tough Auburn loss, they could be a little bit it's distracted and, and still kind of looking back slash looking forward. Yeah, and Will, this game is, I mean, this game should be the the kind of crazy roller coaster that that the season has 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 kind of been the epitome of this season. It's in Nashville, afternoon kick. Ole Miss, as we mentioned, 16 and a half point favorite. But Vegas has to be confident in Vanderbilt. The over under is 64. And we talked about it with Jake. I think you gotta hammer this under because I don't see Vanderbilt scoring. I mean, I don't even know if I see them scoring 10 points, Will. Like, like this, this offense is 
is just not they, they have not lived up to real i mean there wasn't any hype to live up to but if you're ken seals this is your opportunity that you're that you've been looking for this year you've got a susceptible ole miss defense and and take a look at, at the stats will their defense has just been atrocious i mean they've given up they gave up 63 to alabama they gave up 41 to kentucky 51 to florida and they played a little bit better against Arkansas, still got, gave up 33, and then they gave up 35 last week at Auburn. So it's, it's just it's, – it's not looking good for the Ole Miss defense, but if you're Ken Seals, you have to cash in on Saturday. You have to. Yeah, the, the thing is I've been optimistic going into the season. I was less optimistic after the Texas A&M game. Um, you know, I had some optimism because they looked improved. They looked better. They looked like there was some young talent on the roster. Um, and I'm kind of to the point after the last two weeks that I'm like, all right, what have you shown me lately? Um, what have you shown me in the last two weeks? Mm -hmm. And the last two weeks have been abysmal. Um, Ken Seals has been okay. Um, the, the only thing that I do, am really looking forward to is Keon Brooks looked really, really good last yeah, week. If, yeah. if there was a bright spot, he looked like clearly the back that had the most explosive ability, the most playmaking ability. Um, I believe he had 13 carries for 72 yards. Mm -hmm. um, that's just going off memory, so that might be incorrect, but somewhere right, around there. Yeah, right around there. So I'm looking for an expanded role for him um, since he does have two weeks now that, he, that he's had off to prepare for this as well as a full game week the previous week before South Carolina. So I'm looking for him. Um, Cam Johnson and Amir Abdurrahman have to get open. They Come have on, to make plays. Um, and, and then Ken Seals, they, they have to take some shots down the field against an offense like Ole Miss. Ken Seals was 17 for 24 for, I believe, 148 yards and a touchdown, 24 pass attempts, 148 yards, uh, completing at a pretty decent rate. So that's obviously the Vanderbilt offense is not looking down the field for big plays. And even when they're looking short, those receivers are not making plays when given the opportunity and that's just not going to cut it against an Ole Miss offense that is that is producing how they are yeah and the screen pass as well I mean I don't think as we talked about it, the screen paddle there hasn't been a single screen pass that has worked at all and you saw last year even last year with how bad that offense was they were still finding a way to get the ball to Keyshawn in, in the flat and just throw him a screen and put him in space now that could be on the O-line this year that could be on play calling it could be on the timing it could be on Ken Seals I'm not, I'm not going to put the blame on anyone, but for Vanderbilt's offense to, to, to have some kind of semblance of, of momentum against Ole Miss, they have to get the screen game going because that has been a part of Vanderbilt's offensive identity the past three, four years, you know, under Andy Ludwig and even under Jerry Godowski. And now, um, you know, with Todd Fitch coming in, he's been incorporating a lot of stuff, but he has not been able to incorporate the screen game. He's been trying to, but nothing has worked. So, Number one, the screen game, you got to incorporate that. And if, if, if you're the O-line, you got to try to give Ken a little bit more time. It's just, it's tough. We talked about you got a D-lineman on the O-line right now, and, and it's just not the recipe necessarily for, for providing time to your quarterback. And, and you talked about it, Will. We saw Cam Johnson with a touchdown against South Carolina. That cut it to 17-7. And, and if you're Cam, it, it's, it's tough on a receiver. It was tough on Kalijah last year. But – I'm looking for the chemistry with with Ken and Cam to to improve and kind of have that deep shot opportunity that you talked about and expose that susceptible defense. So uh, we talked about it offensively, will, but defensively, where's the hope? Where is kind of the where's the confidence? Is there any confidence that 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 this this offense can be contained? Because you mentioned Ole Miss put up 
nearly 50 points against Alabama. Yeah, uh, Donovan Kaufman coming back, he was on the COVID list uh, against South Carolina is huge. He, Him, Dimitri Moore, and Dio Dangbo are clearly mm-hmm. our three best defensive players. One at obviously that linebacker position, one on the defensive line, and one at safety in the secondary. So those three guys have to play like stars. They have to play like those are the guys because the rest of the defense is lackluster. Um, they, they have some names on there that, that I feel like should be performing better than they are. Um, mm-hmm. Giving up 41 points to South Carolina, 41 points to LSU. I'm looking for more of a concerted effort just flying to the ball. Kind of the, the tackling wasn't great against Texas A&M. They had some unforced turnovers that made the defense look better than it actually played. But the energy out there on the defensive side of the ball was tremendously better against Texas A&M. And a lot of that's momentum. And, and I don't know what the energy is around that program right now, but I, but I can imagine it's extremely high and extremely positive um, because, you know, when it rains, it pours. Because not only um, have we had these bad losses, you also had possibly Derek, the best recruit of the, of the last four years for Derek Mason, D. Komet, um, and Jack Beck, who was a four-star receiver. And, I mean, with the offers he's receiving and the performances he put up his junior season and senior season. Not a shock. Um, you might be looking at moving closer to that five-star top top uh, ten receivers oh. in the country um, just based on his film and, and how he's kind of skyrocketed. So the, the feeling around that program can't be great. Um, no. There hasn't no. really been any news about Derek Mason's job that's been dead silence, radio silence. So – if if they were going to make a move at any point this season, um, that was the time last week when they did not have the players. That game was or, or two weeks ago when that game was canceled or rescheduled against Missouri. You had the yeah. bye week. That was the time to make the move. Have two weeks to transition um, Todd Fitch into that that head coaching interim position, and they didn't make a move. So you will not see Derek Mason moved during this season. Um, and in my opinion, based on everything, I really, really doubt that you're going to see Derek Mason. Um, you're, you, I really do think you're going to see Derek Mason on the sideline in 2021. Uh, Will, Will Healy, uh, are you available on line one? <laughs> I'm trying to reach Will Healy because uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's who we want right now. And, and Will, that, that was a little bit scary to hear, I, I got to admit. Um, I'm not – this is a whole other conversation, but – um, you know, I, I'm not surprised that, um, you know, not only that, 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 that opinion has been held and, and that, that that's likely to happen. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, but a little bit of positivity. We got some uh, new gold jerseys, Will. Uh, I, I know we tweeted out. I'm, I don't even know if they're gold. I, it looked a little creamy, like, like, uh, like kind of like the baseball jerseys. I like it. I, I think it's a, it's a clean look. Um, the shoulders are still with the, the black with the anchor um, on there. So I, I will never say that I like a uniform when they still have those stupid shoulder caps on them. You don't like those Vanderbilt looks caps. like they are stuck in 2008 with their shoulder caps on every single new uniform design they have. The rest oh, of the uniform design looks looks great. Their new helmets look great. Their oh, actual jersey oh, design, I love it. Damn shoulder caps. But the, if you know me or have talked to me at all, the shoulder caps are my pet peeve, and they are on every single the uniform that we have. Of Will. And, but they, they do have the degree, the city, the SEC back there on the collar, so um, mm-hmm. that's a, a decent touch. But but so, yeah, they'll, they'll be rocking the gold against Ole Miss uh, on Saturday, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of performance. You mentioned Jack Beck decommitting. Danny Clark, 
uh, will not be available, available on Saturday as he has left the team as well. So um, just to close it out here, Will, we'll get to predictions in a second, but Coach Mason said he's excited for football uh, this week against Ole Miss. He said, we're going to play this game. Let's tee it up. So, so they're ready, um, and, and we'll see what kind of, uh, kind of effort Vanderbilt comes with against Ole Miss. It's time for predictions. Uh, we will hear Jake Evans, the Ole Miss beat writer from the Rebel Walks predictions a little bit later in the podcast, but right now, William Byram, your your prediction time for Vanderbilt Ole Miss. The line is 16.5 over under 64. Vegas betting odds and your prediction go. So before I get directly into the prediction, I just want to plug an article from Jackson Talk, the pros and cons of keeping or firing Derek Mason. Um, That is probably the best Vanderbilt article on any site that I've read. I might be a little biased uh, of actually breaking down the situation from a neutral perspective and just looking at the, just looking at the pros and cons. So check that out. We'll tweet that out again. Um, Mm -hmm. But part of me sees this game, the offense improving, but I keep saying that Um, I don't think that we're going to be able to slow down Ole Miss's attack whatsoever. I do think Vanderbilt will have its first two touchdown uh, game of the season. So that's a positive. But I'm seeing this game as a 45 to 14 victory for the Rebels. Um, I I don't see Ole Miss scoring less than 40. Um, We've given up 41 to South Carolina, 41 to um, LSU. And unless they have. Yeah, they they do have uh, turnover issues. Uh, I believe they threw six interceptions in a game, and and we talked yeah. about that, and, and you'll hear that later in the podcast. But 45 to 14, I think that once again, you'll see Vanderbilt play closer in the first half, um, seeing kind of a one to two score game going into halftime. Okay. You're like, we just got to turn around at half, and then halftime adjustments once again for Derek Mason will be pissed for. And we will come out and get obliterated because Lane Kiffin is simply a better coach than Derek Mason. The Lane train keeps rolling, says Will Byron. So there it is, 48-14 uh, from Willie. Oh, no, don't do it to us, Will. <laughs> will, don't do there it to go. us. There we go. <laughs> will, <laughs> put, uh, put Will Healy. I'm just going to start calling you Will Healy. I'm going to change your last name. Um, so I can keep dreaming about, about that potential, but, um, there you have it. Will Byron, 48, 14, 45, uh, yeah, we, 14, give the defense uh, 45. a little Okay. We're going to stick with the under, <laughs> as we said, hammer the under, um, well, I, I, we talked about the glimmer of hope, the shining star glimmer of hope in this game. And if there's any time to be a somewhat confident in a, in, in Vanderbilt, it's now. And, and I'm not saying that like they're going to win this game but they have two weeks to prepare for a horrible, god-awful Ole Miss defense. This defense is horrible. And so if you're Ken Seals, Todd Fitch, and these receivers, the O-line, these last two weeks, you had, you, you had to have been in the room saying, here's what we're doing. First drive, here's our first 15 scriptus plays. Let's let's go out there do what we yeah, can. Yeah, Billy, I think I think they've really been uh, hammering in those first and second down runs and and third down sacks. I think they've really been going over those. Sorry, I'll, I'll be more positive the rest of the podcast here. Come on, negative Nelly. But um, onto the prediction though here for Vanderbilt, I'm not going to talk about the keys. I'm gonna I'm gonna get right to the score. I think Ole Miss is going to put up a lot of points. Um, the over under is iffy. Um, I like that 45 48 range. I'm going to go ahead and and make it 42 instead of 45 42 
uh, 42-17. I think Ole Miss scores a late touchdown, puts it way out of reach, and uh, Vanderbilt is just is, is kind of lost, and, and that's kind of how they've been all season. Um, and we will wait and, and see what kind of performance we have. So Vanderbilt, I think, loses Ole Miss 42-17. Will's got 45-14. So there it is, the, the over-under 64. I, I think we'll see. Uh, I might have to go to FanDuel and, and hammer that under and give me some points, Will, because I don't think Ole Miss – I mean, the only way they get that is if Ole Miss scores nearly 60. You know, I don't think Vanderbilt's – like you said, you could score two touchdowns. But uh, there you have it. That's the prediction segment. For Will Byram, myself, Billy Derrick, you've been listening to the first segment of the Door Report. Coming right up is Jake Evans from the Rebel Walk and the Flagship Football Show. We are now happy to be joined by Jake Evans. He is the host of the flagship football show. He is a senior writer for the Rebel Walk down there in Oxford. And Mr. Jake Evans is set to graduate from Ole Miss next year in 2021. You can follow him on Twitter at JimmyMan23. Jimmy, what's going? what's been going on, man? How are you, Billy? I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, uh, things, things are kind of bleak in Oxford a little bit. Um, hopefully the Rebs were, we were thinking they might have a couple more wins on the, uh, on the schedule at this point, but um, you know, it is what it is. It's SEC football. How about you? Hey, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome down. I'm, I'm down here in Naples. Will, Will Byron, my co-host is up in Nashville. So um, we're, we're, we're been, we've been surviving as much as we can. Vanderbilt hasn't played in a couple weeks. So that could, that could be to their play to their advantage Saturday night in Nashville. The Commodores are 16 and a half point underdogs and we'll get uh, Mr. Uh, Jake Evans prediction a little bit later, but Jake, I want to start with, um, with kind of the, the, the big game, you know, ability, uh, you know, of, of, of Lane Kiffin being able to, to battle in there in big games, especially against Alabama early in the season, just all that, that tight game, but in, in particular with this one to try to get to that second win mark, how important is this game for, for him and the reps? Well, you know, the thing is that this game right here is absolutely crucial. Um, it, you know, moving into the season, like I said, we, we expected Ole Miss to hopefully have at least a second win uh, by this point. And so the thing is, is we're kind of in a weird spot right now where, you know, we're in year one of a rebuild. This is a rebuild. Make no mistake about it. And so, you know, the, the timetable is stretched out a little bit further. However, with how quickly he hit the ground running and how much production he, he showed right off the bat with this offense, yeah. he kind of raised his own bar and he kind of did himself a disservice because any missteps after that, it frustrates Ole Miss fans because we say, hey, we were just able to compete with Alabama for 57 and a half minutes. Why did we just go to Arkansas and, and you know, throw six interceptions? So, you know, it's, it's, it's an up and down roller coaster ride. And it's so frustrating as a fan because, you know, we're sold on what Lane Kiffin's got. We, we are very excited about what he's got with this program. And, and, you know, it's almost kind of a luxury that we already get to be upset with the play of this team. Because like I said, we were expecting this to be a three, maybe four year rebuild before mm -hmm. Ole Miss was really ready to compete. And so the fact that we're already able to be frustrated at, at the play of the team it's a good thing. Obviously, you don't want to be frustrated, but it's I think where the position we're in right now, given the time frame, we're already very pleased with where we're at. Oh, I mean, uh, you guys should, because looking at the schedule, Jake, obviously it's been shootout city uh, with, with Lane Kiffin. They lost the opening game 51-35 against Florida. They won an overtime thriller against Kentucky by 1.42-41. 
And then they put up 48 on Bama. They lost a close one again. You mentioned that Arkansas game. That, that's kind of a head scratcher. Arkansas is not to be slept on, but again, that's a game they should win. And then last week against Auburn, uh, the, the, the tough call. Uh, we're going to ask you about it here, Jake. But if you're Lane Kiffin and, and, and kind of the drama, the roller coaster ride that, that he's kind of put Ole Miss fans on this year has been crazy. Here's how it went down. On Monday, the SEC fined Lane Kiffin $25,000 for complaining about officiating. And going back to the game on Saturday, the officials missed what looked like an Auburn turnover on a fourth quarter Ole Miss kickoff when Sean Shivers touched the ball before Ole Miss players recovered it in the end zone. And I was watching that, Jake, and I know, you know, with you being there at Ole Miss, and that, that's just, that's tough. It, it, being Vandy fans, we relate, and, and that's kind of been the Ole Miss-Vandy connection. <laughs> the, 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 tough, the tough calls, man. So, with that in mind, what what what's the reaction around Oxford with that, and and are you surprised by any of, of Kiffin's antics surrounding that? Well, you, you know the thing is, Oxford as a whole, the Ole Miss fan base, community, everything as a whole, we know that that you know we got the short end of the straw there. We know that I mean, there's a lot of times when as fans you go that call blew the game or that call blew the game or, or whatever, but when it comes down to it, a play like that that was so so critical, that right there. Ole Miss lands on that ball. We got a tie game in the fourth quarter. And, and, but instead, Auburn, you know, they take possession and, and you know, game, game over. Ole Miss doesn't get a chance. A, a play like that, it just kills you as a fan because, you know, when you see it on the video, it's so clearly there. When you oh, slow yeah. it down, you can clearly tell it. And, yeah. and, and officials have made calls on things with way less evidence. And so mm -hmm. something like that, it just it drives you crazy because you go, that shouldn't happen in 2020 that they should not be able to do that with how many cameras are on the field with how they're supposed to be re reviewing plays almost every play anyway things like that shouldn't happen and, and so you know it obviously again it's incredibly frustrating um but I, I think Kiffin's response was perfect and, and this was kind of the first time we've got we've got a chance to really see his personality on display because he's been He's been very, very quiet the, the first couple months, or I guess the first 10 months on the job. He, he, he's not as loud as he used to be. He doesn't, he, he's not as off the wall. He, you can tell that when he speaks, he thinks about what he says before he speaks because he knows his track record and he knows that people are waiting on him to, you know, give him that sound bite. And so I think his response was perfect because if you think about the situation, I don't think he's in the wrong there. Basically yeah. the way that situation plays out is the SEC says, Hey, you're fined $25,000 for pointing out the fact that we screwed up. They admitted that they missed, they missed the call. They, yeah. and, and, you know, the thing that was also so frustrating about that in the press release that they, they gave about 130 ish words of it were about the blown call and about 270 words were about Lane Kiffin uh, uh, running his mouth on social media. So it, it, it's frustrating because as Ole Miss fans, we felt for the last decade that we kind of have a target on our back through various mm -hmm. NCAA investigations and, and things like that. And so, this almost just seems like another kick where, where you're just thinking, why are we getting fined? They admitted that they messed up. Why is he getting fined for, for pointing out the call? And, and so, you know, it's frustrating, but, but we kind of like to see it because Ole Miss hasn't had kind of Ole Miss hasn't had a coach that's been willing to step out and say mm -hmm. something that the majority of coaches wouldn't say. That was not something we ever got with Matt Luke. And that's something that we love because the players know that Lane Kiffin's going to ride or die for him. That right there is if you're a player and you see your coach willing to stick his neck out there and say, I'll take $25,000, I'll pay in pennies. Screw y'all. <laughs> we're, we're, this is my team. We, we, we love it. And, and so, yeah. you know, going into this week, we hope that energy keeps building. Considering how, how heartbreaking that loss was last week, we're, we're excited for this weekend. And I think the energy is going up and up as the week goes on.
Yeah, I think I know where you where you land on this topic, what we were discussing before and kind of how you've talked about it a little bit before and, um, you know, the, the tough call on that law or, or on that uh, non call, I guess you can say that that resulted in the loss to Auburn. But so I'm guessing you're still on the lane train. Uh, but but where does the what's the general feeling around the Ole Miss fan base about about Lane Kiffin? Well, you know, the, the Ole Miss is in a new era of football. Ole Miss is right now what we've got with Lane Kiffin is something that we haven't had in a long time. Ole Miss, as, as you know, Mississippi people like to call it, Ole Miss has had a string of good old boy coaches in a row where Matt Luke gets oh, hired. Boy. He's, the, he's the, the exactly the good old boy. Matt Luke was the O-line coach. He's a Mississippi guy. He played at Ole Miss, you know, things like that. None of that's bad. If he's the best candidate for the job, that's awesome. However, you know, for a string of hires in a row, Ole Miss seemed to, they seemed to, and not necessarily just the head coach, they'd bring in the good old boy type of people, the, yeah. the, the people with connections and but things like that. He's my friend. And, yeah. Right, right. And, and, and one of the things, you know, it, that's great for centralizing the Mississippi identity because there's a lot of good talent that is in and around Mississippi. But the thing that that causes a big problem with is, is your national persona. And that's something that Lane Kiffin has already stressed is that, hey, we love Mississippi. We're proud of Mississippi. We're the flagship school in the state of Mississippi. But we're not just recruiting Mississippi players. We play teams from other states. And so we're going to go be a national brand. We're going to try and pull guys out of New York. We're going to get somebody from California. We want to go down to Texas and to Florida, things like that, to where, you know, like I said, we're in a new era. This is not some. This is not the traditional old Miss that I've grown up knowing my whole life. Lane Kiffin is now trying to take them back to the national brand that Hugh Freeze kind of started back in 2013 when he signed – you know, Laquan Treadwell, Robert Kimbeachie, oh Laramie Tunsil. So he's kind of moving back towards that national, you know, Ole Miss being a national brand and not just a collection of good old boys hanging out in Oxford, Mississippi. So we really, really like the direction he's going. He's also, you know, he's he, he seems to just have a better grasp of, of how to run a football team than we've had in the last few years. Ole Miss with DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, that whole slew of receivers, offense was not a problem but we could not stop anyone on defense to save our life. And so it, it's better. And, and we've kind of got a, a situation similar to that this year, but our defense has shown progress. Our offense has shown progress. Obviously it's, it's hills and valleys and a roller coaster for both, but they both seem to be playing more at an SEC level consistently than we've seen in years past. So we like the direction he's going. We think he's got a, a, a much more modern analytic based you know, type of approach to the game. And and me personally, that's something I like. I, I, I like the fact that they're diving in further. You know, I like that they're diving into the game more than saying, hey, we're going to run it on fourth and one because they're tired. I'd rather him say, we're running it on fourth and one because we know that 78% of the time we're going to get at least a yard and a half. Mm -hmm. I, I, that, that, that appeals more to me because I think the whole, you know, it, it, like I said, just kind of the, the gut feeling. I don't think that that works anymore. And I think that that's what separates good coaches from great coaches is a, a, a gut feeling versus backing it up with something that you can actually prove. And so Kiffin is more geared towards the analytical approach, which I like personally. And I think that that's going to help Ole Miss continue to, like I said, grow to a national brand and, and you know, move out of the good old boy stage. Yeah. <laughs> You talked about roller coasters, hills and valleys for the for the Ole Miss offense and defense. It, it feels more like over here at Vanderbilt, we're kind of on a on on a just complete a just downward slide. Starting out the year with Texas A and M, playing them down to the wire, uh, looking like there was going to be a lot of improvement, and then just plummeting straight downhill. But um, Ole Miss's defense has struggled. 
Um, even though the offense has put up some some pretty remarkable numbers against against some really talented teams, um, but this Vanderbilt offense hasn't has yet to put up 270 total yards in a game. Um, so, what specifically on that defense, or, or or what area are you looking to see improvement this Saturday? Well, you know the thing was is last week Ole Miss had uh, Ole Miss was hit with some COVID problems, so Ole Miss was missing three defensive starters as is. So, the defense was a. It, Banged up isn't the right word because there's a lot of depth in that defense, um, but there's also a lot of youth in that defense. It's not inexperienced because these are young guys who – Ole Miss has had, had a slew of injuries last year on their defense, and so a lot of guys, a lot of freshmen and sophomores were forced to play. So there's a lot of youth, but that youth translates more toward experience than inexperience. And so, you know, we, 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 we like what we've got. We've got guys in the scheme that can play well, that have played well before. It, it's just that it's not all meshing right now. We see flashes of it, and, and you know, Ole Miss goes to Arkansas and manages to stay in the game even though we turn the ball over seven times. We, we managed to stay in that game until the sixth turnover happened. And so that right there is a credit to the defense. So like we talked about, the, the defense has gone up and down. Um, you know, Ole Miss is expecting to see all, the, all those, uh, those three defensive starters who were out last week. We're expecting all them back this week. Um, and so, you know, the thing, Ole Miss's biggest <laughs> thing that, that they're going to have to do this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, the biggest thing Ole Miss is going to have to do this week is that they're going to have to get a pass rush. That's where all their problems have started. Um, and, and the linebacking group is the deepest that they have on the field, but they haven't been able to use that to help generate a pass, uh, pass rush. And so <laughs> Ole Miss has been in a lot of situations where they're sitting back and their DBs have to cover guys for seven, eight, nine, ten seconds. And you can't win football games like that. Even the best cornerback is going to eventually lose his man if he's got to cover him for half. So if, they, if they're not able to generate that pass rush, Ole Miss, I mean, uh, Vanderbilt will have a chance to sit back and, and, and kind of pick them apart. Um, it hasn't been that difficult this year to pick Ole Miss apart. And, and, and so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because Vanderbilt's offense is not very good. Ole Miss's defense is not very good. Somebody's got to break. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna have it. Somebody's gonna have it. I had to guess. I I would say Ole Miss is gonna see a vast improvement on defensive production. um, With with our defensive linemen, our defensive tackle playing uh, right guard or left. I think it's right guard, and (laughs) and four of our starting offensive linemen opting out. So um, I I would expect a pretty decent uh, improvement in Ole Miss's pass rush production, but. Um, Billy, I yeah, think we're going to shift my, over to the game this Saturday. Yeah, so, I mean, with, with the game, I, I love this Ole Miss Vandy. I, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but I like the history. Um, it all, I think for me, it starts back in, and for you too, Will, probably 2013. And that just electric start to the season on a Thursday night. And then you had a couple years ago where Vandy eked out a close one. Last year, Ole Miss um, obviously handed it to Vandy. So, um, this is a different year. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you can kind of throw a lot of those past games out the window, uh, mainly because of the way Vanderbilt's been playing. But for, for Ole Miss, Jake, how, how do you think they're approaching this one? Uh, obviously, with Lane Kiffin, each game has been different. And, and each, you know, it's kind of been, you never know what you're going to get. You talked about the hills and valleys. But for, for this, this game Saturday night and Lane Kiffin and his offense, do you think you could see some wrinkles on offense? Or, or you think it's going to kind of be, let's impose our will and let's try to just – just stepped on Vandy's throats. As, as much as I wish it was the latter, I think we're going to see a lot of wrinkles. You know, the, like you talked about, Ole Miss Vandy. I consider it a I consider it a rivalry at this point because Ole Miss and Vandy, it, it, at least the way I remember, same level. Ole Miss and Vandy always played up or down to the competition. Whichever whichever team is better that year, 
they don't have any clear advantage. They'll still come in and that game will be a slugfest for no good reason, for no good reason. And so, you know, I, I consider it a rivalry, honestly, as annoying as it is, I consider it a rivalry. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things that I actually, I, I heard this morning um, was that apparently Kiffin is a little bit worried about this week. Uh, apparently the, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said too. Apparently the focus has been, not not a hundred percent on Vanderbilt. I think, and 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 I don't think that's to say that Ole Miss is just simply going. Vanderbilt is awful. We're going to beat them no matter what. I I don't think that that's what it is. I think that there's been more focus this week on the end of Auburn last week. There's been more focus on Kiffin and the pennies and the fines and officials and things like that. To where I think the, the focus is, is it's not where people are overlooking Vanderbilt. They just haven't quite moved over to the Vanderbilt game yet, which is a problem since it's in 48 hours. But I, I think that the first couple of days of this week, players and the team and everybody kind of got drugged along by the, you know, all the officials and all the complaining about that. But, um, you know, I, I hope that that was a little bit of an overstatement. I hope that that was uh, maybe his way of kind of sending a wake-up call out to the team or something like that, because that absolutely scares me to death. The, the fact that Ole Miss might not be ready for Vanderbilt scares me to death. Um, I don't think you have a ton to be worried about there. Yeah, well, especially Vanderbilt with two weeks to prepare, even though Ole Miss does do a lot on offense. So kind of moving to some specific guys, we, talk, we talked about the defense needing to improve the pass rush. Um, um, that's what you wanted to see out of them. But who are, who are a couple key guys on offense that, that Vanderbilt fans might not know about that will be key on Saturday? And who are a couple key individual players on defense as well uh, to keep an eye on? Well, um, well you know, when, when, it's, when it comes to offense, there's no secret. There's no hidden players. There's no, you know, better watch out for this guy. He didn't do anything last week, but he might this week. There's none of that. Ole Miss gives the ball to Elijah Moore 10 to 12 times a game. They hand the ball off between Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely. Each of them probably touches the ball around 12 or 14 times a game. They've both been running the ball well. Elijah Moore is on pace to break Ole Miss's single-season reception record in 10 games, not 12. Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, one of the things that I love about Kiffin is that he has made, he has made it no secret that we're going to get the ball to our playmakers. We, we, we're not going to try and dance around and, and get them open by giving them less touches and, and things like that. He doesn't play any games with that. He just, he just says, our best players will get the ball. We're going to find ways to give them the ball. And so – that, that, that works well, and, and it also hurts Ole Miss in a way. It works well because, naturally, you've got the, the ball and the best players on the team. That's what Ole Miss needs. We, we, we're we not as talented as every team that we're going to face this year, but we can be faster, and we can just be better at getting the ball in, in our best threats hands. Um, and, and so it works well from that end, but, but the one side of it that doesn't work quite well is that teams can know what's coming. In, in, in big situations – fourth downs, long third downs, times when Ole Miss needs to move the ball, it sometimes comes back to bite them because everybody knows Elijah Moore is going to get the ball. The ball is going to – they're going to, they're going to you know, try and run a bubble screen of some sorts. They're going to get him open. They're going to try and get him coming across the middle. People are able to see what, what Ole Miss does with the ball consistently. And, and that was one of the things that um, – that was one of the reasons Arkansas was able to beat Ole Miss was that they figured out that if you drop eight against Ole Miss and you make Matt Corral – pick tiny little windows out, it's probably not going to happen. And more times than not, you're going to have a guy in the window waiting for that ball. That's what they were able to do. They picked him off six times. Um, Auburn ran a sense of that. They, they kind of ran a, a, a version of that defense for the uh, first half of last week. 
and Ole Miss ran the ball and, and made them, you know, eventually load the box back up. And so I'd expect Vanderbilt to play some kind of a, of a, a hybrid of that defense where they're, you know, dropping guys into coverage to make Corral hit tight windows, but then they also bring it up so that Ole Miss can't just run them up and down the field all, all day long. Um, so, you know, on offense, those are the guys. It's no secret. It's Corral throwing the ball to Elijah Moore and run the ball with uh, uh, Jerry Neely and Snoop Connor. Um, as we look at defense, though, a couple, a couple of the guys that are that are absolutely crucial for Ole Miss, um, one of them is Ryder Anderson. Ryder Anderson, he's, I, I, he's about 100 feet tall. He's like 310 pounds, and he can fly. The dude is one of the biggest humans I've ever what seen. Was he created life. on uh, NCAA football? It looks like it. He, it. It looks like what you'd create your my player as. Um, re- I, I, realistically, I think he's actually about six seven, but yeah, still enormous. But um, yeah, so so he's on the defensive line for the Rebels. He's had a good season this year. He's a big, long, strong guy. He's able to he's able to kind of he's able to manipulate tackles with his long reach. He's able to get free. He, he's done a really good job the last couple of weeks, kind of helping establish that pass rush that I talked about um, behind him. Momo Sonogo is a guy Momo has been, been with the Rebs for a couple of years now. Um, I think missed 10 games last season, uh, uh, broke his ankle in week three Momo's last year. Back. Momo's back. Momo is a freshman made 115 tackles as, as a middle linebacker for the rebels. The guy can play. He's a leader on this defense. He has been the leader on the defense. Um, and, and so the two guys right there, they're the two that we're looking for the most. We need Ryder Anderson to help establish the pass rush. We need Momo to help with that too. But we also got to have, 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 you know, Momo is the heart and soul of that defense. And, and since we're in a new scheme this year, it's uber crucial that your middle linebacker is on the same page with everybody communicating calls, things like that. And so he, he, he really, he's going to be the key every single week. He is the cog in this defense that makes it work. And, and you know, somebody with experience like him playing big time SEC football, it's going to be him every week. He's going to be the guy that we got to watch for every week. Before we wrap it up with your prediction, Jake, you two got to find a way to sneak into this game. You'll both be in Nashville. We got to find a way to get y'all in the game somehow. (laughs) I I, I tell you what, that I, I, like I told y'all before we got on the air, I did not realize Vanderbilt still didn't have fans yet. Uh, I, I don't really know how much it would help since there's only what 40,000 seats in that stadium you'd be the only Ole Miss guy in yeah there. <laughs> I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to do it I've, I've always I, Vanderbilt Stadium even growing up in Nashville it's weird I never really went to Vanderbilt Stadium very often I, I never I never saw too many Vandy games but I'd love to go this week yeah would, that it throws me back to the 2013 Ole Miss Vandy game um you know I, I don't think we can expect something like that but uh we'll see Will and I will give our predictions in the other segment but Jake it's time now for yours we got a 16 and a half point favorite for the Rebs on the road. I don't think it really matters where this game is. It'll probably help them a lot more if it would be in uh, if it was in Oxford. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a true advantage for Vanderbilt at all. I don't think anyone will say that. Um, they'll have maybe a few students there. But for you, Jake, uh, what's your prediction? Uh, do you think Ole Miss covers in this one? I, I think Ole Miss covers. I, I think that you know when when you look at this game, I think that regardless of how uh, of how good and bad uh, of regardless of how bad Ole Miss's defense is and how good Vandy's – or how bad Vandy's offense is also, can't say that. Regardless of that, <laughs> this game is just going to come down to whether or not Ole Miss can move the ball. Um, you know, one of the things uh, – after after Ole Miss uh, uh, played uh, played Alabama a couple of weeks ago, when we looked at the rest of that schedule, we thought there's not a single team on this schedule that should be able to outscore us. There's better teams on our schedule. There's teams with 
much better defenses, much better offenses, things like that. But realistically, we think that we can outscore everybody on our schedule. And, and I think that that's what Ole Miss's brand of football is going to come down to for the most part. The rest of the season is they're just going to have to find ways to outscore people. They move the ball quickly. You know, like I, like I said earlier, they get the ball into their playmakers' hands. And, and you know, Ole Miss is kind of on the same track where a few years ago, you know, they had a lot of scoring drives that were four plays, 75 yards, 49 seconds things like that. So they move the ball well, they can score at will. Um, but, but, you know, there's also, like we talked about, there's some kinks in this offense. They've had some trouble the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and, you know, after Alabama, I just said that Ole Miss is winning this game by 50 mm-hmm. after the last two weeks. I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think, I think it's, I still think Ole Miss wins and covers, but I think it's going to, I don't think Ole Miss is going to run away with this game. I, I think that the way that this game most likely plays out, unfortunately, I think Ole Miss will turn it over a couple of times. I think that Vandy will – I think that Vandy, you know – Jake, Jake, you don't have to be generous. No, 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 seriously. Like, like I was talking about earlier, I, I, I will never – I will never underestimate Vanderbilt again in my lifetime. I've, I've done it too many times, and they've come back to nip at our heels too many times. And so I'm going to give them the respect. I'm not going to be the reason that, that, that we fall short, all right? I'm going to cover my bases here. <laughs> We're not going to be blaming Jake after this. Yeah, it's, it's not my fault. Nobody look at me. I, I, think that, I think that Ole Miss is going to have a couple of kinks in their offense. I think that, the, like I talked about, the teams dropping eight and, and making them throw into tight windows and then also turning around and stacking the box. I think that Ole Miss has to find a way to be able to, to not just – you know, not just operate in, in those two looks. And that's where they've been. That that's, that's been their main game. The last couple of weeks is playing against that eight, that eight DB look and, and then playing against a stacked box. And so they've got to find a way to get themselves in situations where they're not looking at those fronts. They got to They got to do a better job of, I guess, maybe disguising play calls, I guess, of not being as transparent on offense. Um, and hopefully that's something that we work more towards this week, because like we said earlier, the secret's out. People know how to stop Ole Miss. It's Arkansas out. did it. Auburn did it. The word is out. So, you know, I think that Vandy's going to play into that. I think it'll cause some problems for Ole Miss. I think that, like I said, I think Ole Miss will turn it over a couple of times. Um, but, you know, I think as this game goes on, I think Ole Miss, they're able to run the ball better than Vandy's able to stop the run. And I think that that's just going to end up doing it for him. I, honestly, I don't expect a big passing week out of Corral. I expect Ole Miss to just slowly chip away uh, in the run game. They've got Jerry Neely and Snoop Connor, who, who are probably one of the better, you know, one-two punches at running back in the SEC. I think that they're going to try and use that to slowly chip away because you don't need anything flashy to beat Vanderbilt. You don't mm-hmm. need trick plays. You don't need, you know, whatever. You just need to yeah. run the – you need to move the ball. You need to not turn it over, penalties, things like that. It's – you're not trying to beat Nick Saban. Yeah. You don't have to draw the craziest game plan that's ever you been. You just got to simplify it. You, you Simplify it. That's right. Yep. This week, Ole Miss has made so many mistakes the last couple of weeks. The way they win this game is they simplify it. They do what they're good at. They do what they know how to do. And, and they just try and win this game this week and then look forward, you know, after that. Yep. Just right. win this game this week. Right, so here I, we go. Put you on the spot. Ole Miss. Uh, here we go. Vanderbilt points. Let's hear it. Oh, man. From the Vegas man himself. I Here think so. I saw I saw I think what's over under 64 in this game. So yeah, hammer oh, wow. under hammer. I would hammer the under. under. Absolutely. I was I think unless Ole Miss scores 60. Right. Ole Miss can score 50 if, if points, that, game, that under is still gonna hit. But I don't think if, Vandy's gonna score anything. So that's why no. that's why if, I don't if, think if that game 60 reaches 64, it's gonna be because Ole Miss scored 50 of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think 
something around probably 38, 14, 38, 17, something like okay. that. I think Vandy will find a way to get a couple of touchdowns. I, I think that, you know, Ole Miss's defense is just too bad to shut them out. I mean, Vandy has a lot of points. That's a bold statement. I, I, I think it's going to happen. I, when, when you look at it, I mean, Ole Miss is – before the Arkansas game, Ole Miss's defense was on pace to be the worst statistical defense in the history of college football. So oh, Vandy wow. is – yeah. Not, no exaggeration. Two very bad defenses going at it. It is. It, we, that, that's that's all there is. The worst tackling team in all of it, FBS football through a couple yeah. weeks. So yeah. we got I mean, wait, some high these, quality. These, I think I think here. Montgomery Bell Academy could uh, could run all over <laughs> this Vandy defense. Would it wouldn't surprise me? You know, the the thing is, is both of these defenses, <laughs> all, the way that the way that I think about it, both of these defenses, they're just band aids over a gunshot wound. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're exactly right. And, and there's no more. There's not. There's a too many holes to plug in that Vandy boat, right? Well, so um, so we yeah. got Ole Miss Vandy coming up. Three o'clock kick in Nashville for Eastern Time. Uh, anywhere else on the East Side? So um, there's a prediction. We got what 38-17 from Mr. Jake Evans. So uh, he's banking on that. Yeah, and we're advising you guys to to bang, hammer the under there. So. Vanderbilt Ole Miss in Nashville. Jake, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks thanks for checking in, buddy. Billy, Will, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Yes, sir. You got it, man. All right, you've been listening to The Door Report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring.